0: Special thanks to Wizard Academy, a non-traditional, non-profit, non-boring business school. Whether you want to learn online or in-person learning for business owners and entrepreneurs, Wizard Academy is the place to go. Visit them at wizardacademy.org. Welcome Thrivers to Latinos Who Thrive, a podcast that is vibrant space dedicated to celebrating and empowering the diverse voices and stories within the Latino community. Join us on an inspiring journey where we explore the resilience, success, and unique experiences of Latinos across various fields. From business and entrepreneurship to arts, culture, leadership, and more. In each episode, we delve into the insightful conversations with trailblazers, thought leaders, and change makers who share their personal narratives, wisdom, and strategies for success. Our platform serves as a beacon of inspiration aiming to amplify the achievements challenges, and aspirations of Latinos while highlighting the rich tapestry of our cultural heritage. Whether you're seeking motivation, guidance, or simply a connection with stories that resonate, Latinos You Thrive is here to ignite your passion, broaden your perspectives, and empower you to thrive in every aspect of your life. Get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and encouraged as we celebrate the vibrant spirit and accomplishments of the Latino community. Adelante y a triunfar. This week, we have special guest Suhei Piedra, who built a thriving business in the tax preparation and wealth management industry. She and her two sisters co-founded Prominence Business and Wealth Management, and together they have helped hundreds of high-earning, service-based business owners to grow and scale their businesses with holistic financial planning. So let's get on with it. And now we have Suhei Piedra. So, hey, welcome to
1: Latinos Who Thrive. Thank you. Thank you, Victor, for having me. Such a pleasure.
0: Can you share with our audience a bit about your background and what initially drew you into the field of finance and wealth creation?
1: Yes, of course. Um, You know, I'm the oldest of five. My parents are, you know, immigrants and um, they migrated here very young So and got married very young. But uh, had me, I think my mom was probably around Seventeen years old when she had me, so I truly believe that we got started with them, right? I mean, we kind of had the same struggle. We went through all of the struggles together because we were all very young. So the the story I like to share with individuals is when my parents, when I was maybe around twelve, my parents uh, had signed their tax returns and they didn't realize what went to federal and what went to state, and so you know, by 12 years old, I had already, you know, knew how to balance a checkbook. I would help my dad with all of the finances and everything that he needed help with. He felt that, you know, just like many others out there felt that um, just because I knew how to speak English and I was going to school that I should learn how to translate, you know, any legal document that came across his lap, right? Or any letter that arrived, and so now I look back and, you know, I'm, I'm thankful because I feel that that's why I know a little bit of a lot of things, right? Because I had to learn. I had to figure things out. And so this day, my parents had signed their tax return and they didn't know what envelope those documents went into. They had a, an IRS one and they had a franchise tax board one. And so they got confused. And so they give it to me and they're like, um, help us put this back the way it goes and we'll... I had never seen these documents before I I didn't know what they meant. So at that time, I had Mr. Tracy, he was a white, older gentleman, retired, he was my neighbor. And I would have great conversations with that little old man. And so I went over and I said, Hey, Mr. Tracy, can you help me put these documents back together? And so he's like, Oh, tax stuff. I don't know anything about this stuff, you know? And so I'm like, But how can you not know when you speak English, you're white, you know, I'm like, how can you not know? And he goes, oh, taxes are just complicated. And so after a little while, he kind of figured things out for me and he helped me put the things back together. But in my mind, I was like, and I realized that it didn't really matter where you came from, what your background was, or anything. It had to do with taxes were just complicated. And Till this day, I still fig- I still see that it doesn't really matter. It's just everybody finds fears taxes, fears the IRS, and I have come I figured out a way to simplify them, to help individuals understand them, to help them not have this fear against the IRS, and so I made a whole career out of it. And a lot of my success has been that I take the time educate my clients on their taxes and how to utilize them to benefit you and what are these documents saying about you and what how can you leverage them so it ended up being where I didn't mean it to be my career but because I had to learn them to show my parents and educate them on what they meant and I took such a big interest and then simplify them that now that's my career
0: Would you agree with me that the complexity is by design?
1: For sure. You know, Um, I think anything that has to do with our financial literacy, right? Um, Our school system doesn't teach us a lot about finances and a lot about, you know, how to grow wealth or anything like that. And so we get stuck with it, just everything that has to do with our numbers. And we just say, oh, I don't understand. It's too complex. And in reality, we just don't have the right systems to show us how simple it can be. And it takes us a little bit longer than it should to get further along.
0: I'm reminded of the teacher uh, from California, from where you're at, uh, Escalante, that he simplified calculus by using a lot of metaphors and by teaching students a process to which calculus was very simple because, again, he knew how to bridge that complexity into something that anyone could understand. So you are the escalante of finances <laughs> that has simplified the process for Latinos. Uh, is a large part of your customer base Latinos?
1: You know, I want to say probably I'm, I didn't realize it, but probably 75, 80%. Yes. You know, um,
0: but and I'm sure uh, your business is built on referrals because if you take yeah. uh, good care of someone and uh, word gets out, uh, your business just goes uh, grows uh, through that uh, referral process of satisfied customers.
1: Yes. So we are, uh, we're a family owned business. So um, I mentioned I was, the, you know, we're five girls. So three of us opened up this business and so three of us were together and uh, created a really um, you know cool system where we get to work with small business owners, help them with anything from their bookkeeping, their payroll, you know, and setting up and structuring everything, which is really um, helpful when you're out there starting a business and you really don't know what it all entails. You're good at running the business, but behind the scenes, it's a whole other world that you got to deal with and then, you know, taxes surprise a lot of small business owners. So our job is to guide you. We meet with clients very proactively throughout the year. So not just during tax season, we meet with our clients at least four times a year to make sure that things are going the way we want them to go.
0: And now. let's go there. So in the book, uh, The E-Myth, uh, the author comes up with the concept that not everyone is good at what they do. And so you have to hire the right people to do the things that you're not good at. And so in in your personal business, you have two other sisters that are in the business. What is your unique strength that you provide to the business? And what are the other strengths of your sisters?
1: Yeah, of course. So we have we just like any other business owners have to figure out um, you know, what our strengths, how can we work together? We are very close family. People get surprised how we will work together, hang out together practically live together, right? Um, because we live blocks away from each other. So we're a pretty close-knit family. Um, but when we started to work together, we quickly saw that I just have the strategy mindset. I can visualize, I can make something come up for a, clan, a client, create a nice plan, but I'm not the greatest executor. You know, I'm not very organized. I'm a greatest big visionary. Yeah, I'm a visionary, right? I'm a big dreamer. Right. And then um, here comes Cruz, my other sister, and she's like an executor. She's like, tell me what to do and I'll get it done, right? Uh, but she's not very organized. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so we're running this business, and then we're like, okay, we need another sister. And so we bring Brisa on. And Brisa's our middle sister, but she's very systematic. She has created everything we started and created amazing processes and systems. Sure. And it all just works. But we all now stay in our lane. We know that, you know, Brisa and I would not fight, but we would bicker a lot because I'm so out there in a dreamland, she would say. And she goes, and then you leave me with the work, you know. And so then it ended up being to where we understood, well, without my vision, my strategy, my, you know, the whole plan, then she doesn't know where to take these clients. And so we noticed that together, we just become this really amazing powerhouse. And so, but we're very still family oriented and we love each other. And we may have disagreements either here at work or at home, but we stay in our lanes and everything seems to work, which clients get amazed by that because they're like, how can you work with your sisters? I can't stand my siblings. And I'm like, I don't know. We just kind of seem to, we've synced very well.
0: And that's the key to your success is you found uh, each one's unique strengths, and you stick to that, you allow each other the freedom to navigate freely in that in that lane.
1: Yes. Other business owners sometimes, as entrepreneurs, I feel that we have that drive and that energy to do pretty much anything we want, right? Because we've got that mentality of like, I can make I can do this. Could you do your books? Probably Yes. Could you do your taxes? Yes, who cares? But it doesn't mean that you're going to apply everything you need to, to get them the best that they can be, because you're good at creating whatever widget or whatever service you're providing. So most of the time I tell people, just use your time where you're going to make the most out of it and let others take care of everything else that, you know, doesn't serve you. Sure. As an experienced
0: professional in the financial industry, what do you find most fulfilling about the work that you do?
1: That we can all change and we can all really take control of our finances. The tax returns tell us a story. They tell us um, how much money you made for the year, and then you're like, "Well, where did it go?" You know. Um, they they tell us how much is being taken away by Uncle Sam, and that we really have more control than we are led to believe. Um, there's so many strategies out there that can be taken advantage of that we fail to do so, and we don't know. We don't know a lot of things, and so. Um, I really find satisfying that when a client comes in, that I can guide them and I can show them, um, you know, a different way to look at that tax return so that they can really learn how to leverage it. Um, I always tell clients, it's really not about how much you make. It's about what you do with your money that makes a huge difference. Um, I have very wealthy clients who were custodians at a public school making $75,000 a year, Right. But they got to retire early, they own multiple real estate properties, and it had nothing to do other than, you know, they managed their money very well. And they saw opportunity where other people that even if they saw that opportunity, they couldn't because they mismanaged their their finances. They were living a lifestyle way beyond their means. And, you know, that plays a big role in I think our Latin community, we're good savers. We can come up with money. We just don't know how to turn around and make it grow for ourselves.
0: Talk to us about what an average person will earn in their lifetime for people to really, really understand how finances and the management of finances and investments are so critical. And the earlier that you start, the better it is so that you can have that early retirement what does a person typically earn in a lifetime?
1: So, I mean, it's it's going to vary, right? It depends on what kind of, I don't know, career you have or what kind of, you know, earnings you make. But like I mentioned before, it's really not about how much you make, it's what you do with your money that really matters. I have, you know, um, most of the time I've got clients that come in and they have I don't know, I have a couple that made half a million dollars. A professional married a professional in one year, right? so we we made we have a, a professional married two hundred and fifty thousand. Now the wife earns two hundred and fifty thousand, half a million dollar couple. Um, but yet when it's all here in front of me, they don't have any assets. And they spend every single money, every little bit that they have paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. So we believe, you know, we're taught to believe that the more you make, right, the more you can have and the, the, the wealthier you will be. But that is really not the case. It goes back to what it is that you do with your money that really matters. Um, in the 2008 crisis, I got to see a lot of individuals losing and, you know, losing their homes, their cars being repoed, all this other stuff going through bankruptcies. And these individuals were making really good money, but yet we all mismanaged our money. And that's when I really changed the way I do my consultations. And it was more about educating people and saying, look, it's easy if we if we can just control this or we can save a little bit here or or chip away a little bit of there. Make sure to Uncle Sam's only taking his fair share and use that to turn around and put that money to work for us. And you can easily see that when you start to understand how to do that, um, you put it into play and quickly, quickly turn around your finances and make them work for you. And I love sharing those stories because clients come in here and they're like, I never knew that we can do this. I have a client right now who bought six properties last, in, in the year before. And it was like, I never thought I could even buy one. And now I have six of them. So rental income, passive income, I'm a big promoter of. And when that, when you turn around and you ha- have your money work for you, you can honestly make your finances turn around pretty quickly.
0: Tell us, in your experience, could you share uh, some of the accomplishments that you've been able and are very proud of and the lessons that you learned from it, you as an individual? Because obviously you you helped, you have a lot of success stories of helping other people, but what are your greatest accomplishments and what what were the lessons that you learned from it?
1: Yes. Well, I mean, I didn't start my business until, you know, later in life. I think I was 40 years old when I started my business and, um, wish I would have done it earlier. Wish I would have done it sooner. I worked for others and didn't know, never had the, what would you call it? You know, I wanted to start a business, but I was so scared. I never had the courage to do it. Um, until, Cruise. My other my my sister said, you know what? We have to start our business. We have to start it now. And so she pushed me over the cliff to start the business. When we did, our success was really quick, um, and we got clients right away, and we grew really fast. But the lesson there was, you know, you have to learn to work on yourself if you are still, you you still have limiting beliefs when you start your business, if you still have a lot of things that prevent you on a personal level, the business can be as successful as you want it to be, but you just don't see it. And that's what was happening with me. So about 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 two years into the business, I just, I didn't take a break, but I, instead of putting business goals, I had a lot of personal goals. I had a lot of I had to do a lot of work on me to figure out what it is that I was capable of and and encourage myself bring up my confidence show uh you know myself what I was really capable of so business is great making money is great but the work needs to be done you know personally in my opinion.
0: everything is mindset isn't it
1: it's amazing um it it was like once I started to discover that the better I was on a personal level, the better the business was, it was like these lenses were taken off of me. And I was like, watch out, world, you know, um, because the limiting beliefs, you know, were removed and I could see things that I couldn't see before. Now I help business owners and I and I explained to them, I was like, look, I didn't do this all on my own. I'm very proud of what we've created but I've had my sister's support, you know. But I also I I think the fact that I've had business coaches, without them being able to tell me what they see from outside and telling me looking in or sharing tools instead of me trying to reinvent the wheel, um, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I'm very grateful, and it's one of the things I tell small business owners all the time: invest in yourself, invest in having a coach next to you that will help you so that you can get there faster. I would
0: imagine that not only can you see a lot about a person's operations from looking at that balance sheet, but also you can tell a lot about their mindset in meeting with them, don't you?
1: Oh, all the time. So I don't prepare tax returns, just prepare tax returns, right? I tell people I'm not just a tax preparer. I am here to help you and consult you. So I'm planning with you, right? And so a lot of the times you can tell um, the pushback I get from clients. And it's only because I'm like, I see even more than what you see because you're so blinded by your limiting beliefs or by, you know, other things. It's like, if you were just to focus on, on having clarity on what it is that you really want or what the business is doing, I'm like, It would just be, you can get there faster. Those million dollar ideas just come through so much faster when you give yourself the grace of of just calming and focusing. So what I do to help them, to show them, obviously, I'm not just another person. I'm not a business coach, you know, but I don't want them to feel like I'm here to preach them. Um, But I show them. I'm like, look at your profit and loss statement. Look at your income January. Let's compare it to February. Let's compare it to March. Let's compare it. And so as I start to compare the month, they start to see the growth in their business. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, pat yourself on the back. You've done an amazing job. Now imagine how much better it would be if you just had a little more guidance, right? And so that's how I encourage them to see like, that we are amazing folks at what we do in our business, but with a little bit of guidance, oh my gosh, it's we can implode.
0: You're listening to latino sutra with special guest suhey piedra we'll be right back are you ready to unlock your full potential and embark on a journey of limitless knowledge and boundless creativity look no further than wizard academy where dreams become reality at wizard academy they are not just a school they're a community of visionaries dreamers and achievers Whether you're a student, a working professional, or someone looking to reinvent yourself, Wizard Academy has a place for you. I know because I'm a graduate of the World Changers class of 2007 when I worked in print media. Imagine being guided by industry experts where innovation knows no bounds and where your passions are transformed into skills. Their cutting-edge programs span technology, business, arts, and more you'll discover the magic within you and you wield it with confidence. At Wizard Academy, they embrace diversity and creativity and they celebrate your unique journey. So be sure to join them in the heart of innovation where the extraordinary becomes ordinary. Visit them at www.wizardacademy.org now to explore their lineup of courses, faculty and the incredible success stories of this community. Your future is waiting. Unleash your inner wizard today. Are you looking to take your career to the next level? Do you want to stand out from the crowd and make a lasting impression? Then look no further. Introducing the ultimate game changer, the Escalante Public Speaking Mastery Course. In today's competitive world, effective communication is the key to success. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, the ability to speak confidently and persuasively is a game changer. I know, because I have lived through it. That's why the Public Speaking Mastery course is here to unlock your full potential. The comprehensive course is designed to transform your public speaking skills from good to extraordinary. I will be guiding you through a step-by-step process, helping you overcome stage fright, craft compelling messages, and deliver impactful presentations. When I took the Dale Carnegie School of Public Speaking and Human Relations, it changed my life and I will be able to help you do the same. My career in journalism and training and development was built on having the skills to be able to communicate to a team or thousands. I hold nothing back. I will give you all my trade secrets and how you can thrive and crush it. Imagine walking into a boardroom and captivating your audience with your powerful presence. Picture yourself confidently leading meetings, delivering persuasive pitches, and commanding attention in every interaction. With a public speaking mastery course, you'll be equipped with the skills to excel in any professional situation. If you're ready to take the step and supercharge your career, enroll in the Public Speaking Mastery Course today. All the information and the cost is in the show notes. Don't let fear hold you back, unlock your potential, elevate your career, and become a master of public speaking. Go to the show notes to register today to secure your spot in the next session of Public Speaking Mastery Course. Public Speaking Mastery Course Empowering Professionals, Transforming Careers, Act now and make a lasting impression in every opportunity that comes your way. You will be glad you did and you will thrive for the rest of your life. When I return you to Latino Sutra with special guest Suhei Piedra. Who influenced you in your trajectory? Uh, What authors or what coaches uh, had a significant impact upon developing and curating your mindset for success?
1: So I'm a big nerd. I love reading books. I've always read books, just different types of books. As I got, you know, as I started the business, I was a lot about, um, you know, how to get a business started, what, you know, marketing skills and stuff like that um lately it's been a lot more self-help self-help books it's been a lot more books that will feed that drive that i have inside of me right um but when i designed the business and doing the business the way i'm doing it with consulting the client and show them that anything is possible i'm gonna have to say it was the rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki Mm -hmm. um that book explained in very easy terms how even if you consider yourself a professional and you have a degree or you have this great W2 job at the end of the day if you're a W2 employee you're just paying the majority of the tax plain and simple the system is made for W2 earners to pay the majority of the tax versus when you have a small business or you're self-employed or you, you know you're an entrepreneur and you have businesses there's so many strategies that you can implement that you can allow, then your income can be brought down legally and pay the least amount of tax possible. So I really love that book, and I have a lot of my clients. at the first assignment. You've got to read this book, so you got to understand. So that way you understand where I'm coming from.
0: Absolutely. So tell us, what were some of the major obstacles uh, and opportunities that you were faced, and how did you overcome those uh, obstacles as you went along?
1: I think the biggest obstacle, again, um, you know, business is always going to be business, right? We're going to have, there could be industries where we have highs and lows. Um, In the current program that I'm in, what we're trying to accomplish here is that we just have a steady flow. Instead of us having and riding waves of ups and downs, what can we do consistent on a, you know, on a regular basis so that we can just ride those waves through instead of going the ups and downs, right? Um, So that's my main goal right now. But obstacles that I faced have always more been on a personal level. My limiting beliefs was a big one. I just didn't see myself being um, this business owner with a business growing and making money. And how do I manage all of that? How do I manage the clients, the marketing? So, But it, it went back to being me on a personal level. We, you know, when when I started to work on myself, I started to realize, okay, the majority of the time, I always say, why why did I start this business? What's my why? And it was my kids, my family, right? And yet I was stealing so much time away from them because I was always at work and I was always just thinking about work. And I'm like, this is why I'm not happy. This is why I feel so unsatisfied because I'm not aligned. Everything is not um, the way it's supposed to be. So I had to go back and realize what's my why. And if it's my family, my family and my kids are my why, then I need to spend more time with them. So I started to evaluate my time and my calendar. Where's my time going? I had to work more efficiently. I had to hire, you know, somebody to help me clean my house because I noticed that when I'm home, I'm washing dishes instead of being home with the kids. So I had to really look at where's my time and what, where was I spending it? instead of being home and really spending quality time with, you know, the family. So a lot of personal self-development has been my biggest, you know.
0: Thinking backing on that, what advice would you give the younger you, uh, say age 20? Because we have a lot of young listeners. So what advice would you give the younger you uh, if you had to do it all over again?
1: If I had to do it all over again. I would definitely listen to my mom. That's funny because she says, you do everything backwards. <laughs> but you know, when um I think, you know, I, I mentioned my, you know, my parents are immigrants. I felt like an adult when I was 12. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like I had so much responsibility at a very, very young age. And so when I was 20, I, you know, would love to have been able to have you know, influencers or, you know, even like your podcast, people that just encourage us to say, hey, things are going to be okay. Right. And I don't think that at least I never came across anything like that when I was 20. Um, And I would have loved to have, you know, that support of saying, you know what, if you just focus on this, it's going to be okay. You're going to accomplish great things versus we just... You know, I just always wanted the quick fix, the quick everything and the, you know, the satisfaction of having something fast. And that's not the way that, you know, the, the, the way things truly are, in my opinion. It's we've got to we've got to plant the seed, you know, water something, watch it grow and flourish, and then it'll continue to give you for years and years and years versus me I, at that time just wanted instant satisfaction. <laughs> So I had to learn
0: the hard way. <laughs> we get back to basics, don't we? It's like,
1: <laughs> yes. always go
0: fundamentals of growth.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, I mean, now I laugh about it because, you know, I guess I'm, you know, I I'm, I started my business at an, at an older age. I, I wish I would have started it when I was younger, but then I wouldn't have all of the knowledge and experience that I have, you know, in my background if I would have done that before. And so I'm thankful for, you know, the journey regardless. So,
0: so now that you're uh, mature and, and a sage, what qualities do you believe are essential for effective leadership, especially for Latinos who are listening to this interview?
1: You know, for effective leadership is, I mean, I'm going to say, you know, things along the lines of compassion, listening. We all have, struggles. And we all take away different things from even when we were kids, right? Um, When I had to do a lot of the cleanup work, I was very resentful with my dad. And I didn't know that, you know, I didn't realize how resentful I was that I had to grow up so fast, you know. And now when I rewrite that version of me, I'm like, dude, I'm so thankful because I am who I am today. Because he pushed me when I was so young, right? Um, But I didn't know that that resentment was hurting me instead of helping me. And when I've been able to go back and rework that with, you know, talking to my dad through things, it's like, they have their own journey and their own struggles. And it's crazy that, you know, they had the courage to come to this country without knowing the language without knowing anybody here and make what they have made of their success. So I'm like, if they did it, you know, we can definitely do it, so.
0: That's awesome. So tell us, uh, you have a team, Uh, you have your two sisters and I'm sure that you have other employees. So could you share an instance where you had to lead your company through a period of significant change? Uh, I'm sure COVID was one of those transitions. How did you navigate that transition?
1: Yes, well, COVID was very unique in the sense that uh, it just didn't impact us, right? Our our company, it impacted all our clients. And so when uh, everyone is struggling, clients are struggling, they, we are their consultants. So who were they trying to call, right? So they were trying to call us. They were trying to get answers. They were trying to help get help from somebody that maybe knew more. And so how do we get ahead of the unknown? Because nobody knew what was happening, right? Nobody knew we were going to be shut down for, you know, those two weeks. And then it turned to, you know, two years or whatever, right? It's, it's like everybody was struggling. Um, but it was important for us to take a step back and assume our role. I'm like, look, we can't let clients feel so lost, even if we feel lost, we have to be that person that when they pick up the phone that we answer. So even though there was COVID going on, we were at home answering our phones. Um, We had all the calls transferred to our cell phones. We had, um, you know, meetings via Zoom, whatever we could do. We were trying to read up on all of the changes of the laws that were happening for all those restaurant owners and the shutdowns. I mean, we were trying to learn so fast, so quickly to try to get ahead of it, to be able to help the clients that were calling. So it was a really good time for us to see as a team how strong we all can be to help the, the client that needs us uh, and put them first, right? Um, but it, it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge. Um, I think we ended up, we were essential workers, so we didn't even have to be shut down. But at the end of the day, it was still, it was still serious. I mean, when I got COVID, it knocked me out good for like two weeks. Two weeks, I was completely out, and then on top of that, um, my 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 kid's father passed away from COVID at that same time. So life will slap you in the face whether you're ready or not. And we, you know, we did the best that we could. I'm really happy with you know um, everything we were able to do for the clients that we helped with PPP loans and all that other stuff. But to to try to get ahead of something like that. It, it was it was a challenge. It was, that was
0: challenge. like you became a lifeline for your clients.
1: We became that lifeline. And yeah. you know, that's when you really create that bond and that relationship with those clients because we have to be that resource for them.
0: Yes. Now, you've developed a unique approach to taxes uh to accounting, to wealth management. Talk about your processes that are unique or for small business owners and what you can do for a small business owner that's listening to us?
1: Yes. So um, what, again, I go back to reading like that rich dad, poor dad, right? We want to create streams of income from all different sources. So what I talk to my clients about is uh, the cash flow quadrants, right? We want to move on from being the self-employed individual to creating different streams of passive income. What I tell clients is if your business just relies on your income, you can never go on vacation, right? They're like, well, no. I'm like, why? Because if you leave, then the the machine stops producing, right? So what I try to show them is that if we start to create different streams of income, whether it's investing in other businesses or creating you know, really cool portfolios or creating real estate passive income, then- now money is being made even while we sleep and so when you go on vacation at least there's still money coming in if you can create your business to uh, a way that your team can operate the business through systems and processes and you can go on vacation and the and the business continues to produce that's where we want to see success that's where we want to see people feel liberated that they're not slaves to their own business so What that's where we come in as a unique and a unique business because we bring up topics that we all should be discussing. We bring up topics that we should all be planning for as business owners. And a lot of the times, clients will be like, "No one's ever really talked to me about this stuff." So let's start talking about it, and let's start planning, and let's start taking action to making some changes.
0: Can you talk about a specific uh, case study that you have that you worked on? Where you made these suggestions and as a result of your advice, they were able to leverage the multiple streams of income to be able to have that more relaxed, more uh, strategic uh, business as opposed to being an employee in their business.
1: Yes. And so I'll go back. I'll reference the client that has the six properties, for example. You know, she is a high earning W-2 employee. Okay, so uh, she's in the medical field. And she makes really good money on W-2. And she came to me because she's like, look, I'm just tired of having to work so hard in in the medical field, so stressed. And yet I feel like I still don't make enough to retire because Uncle Sam takes such a big chunk of it, right? And so we went through everything that she was doing and she was doing very well but uh, we created the, the plan of investing in real estate properties out of state. So when you go out of California, it was a lot more doable. It was a lot more achievable. They cash flow better. And so we introduced her to some teams that put together some really cool real estate portfolios for her. And so now she owns these six properties. Well she just doesn't go to work and make money. Now these properties send her a monthly check every single month so that that makes money. But she doesn't need the money because she's working on her, you know, in her profession. So she uses that money to create more money. So now money continues to work for her. So every year when we sit down and we evaluate things, she's starting to realize that she can retire a little bit earlier. She has enough Of of enough room if she wants to transition into another type of a career. So she has options that she didn't even know she could even have. She thought she was just going to have to be in this medical field until she retired. And now she sees opportunity in other places to be able to do that.
0: Did she buy into her fund? An investment fund or actual properties actual she actual
1: properties. Now she has uh now she's looking into a fund a syndication of some sort, but okay. Those are things that she would have never explored. She didn't even know existed because no one's having these conversations. And so I call them brainstorming sessions. Sure.
0: I remember taking a course. I must have been let me do the math here. <laughs> I must have been about twenty six. And it was a financial class. It was a two-day financial class, and what it struck me and stayed with me, and I followed the advice. The instructor said that the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, tax deduction that you can ever have is a small business. Yeah. And so, even if you, if you're a W-2 earner, if you have a side hustle, to where you can claim uh, uh, income and deductions. You cannot lose money because the IRS considers that a hobby, but uh, so long as you prove that you are having some sort of income, that is the biggest tax deduction that you can have if you're a W-2 earner, So, uh, so talk about that.
1: Yes. And that's very doable, right? Because what a side hustle is actually allowing you to do is write off things like your cell phone and your internet and your mileage and whatever it requires, anything that's ordinary and necessary for that business, right? So it allows you to take those deductions. Um, And that means you're not paying taxes on that income that you're making, right? Because you're pumping it back into that business or you get things like maybe depreciation write-offs and things like that. So that's why I like real estate, because with the real estate, we can create really cool strategies to where you're making money on a monthly basis and yet paying zero taxes on that additional money. And so and that is allowed legally completely because the IRS code is designed to help you do things like that when you have a side business or when you have a a, a real estate portfolio. So it's just about taking advantage of what's legally already out there.
0: That's why Warren Buffett pays less taxes than the average wage earner.
1: <laughs> yes. And it's like, I don't, you know, I tell people, don't, do not be mad at like people that do that. It's the system. You just need to learn how to take advantage of that system.
0: It's all about design trends. You got oh, to <laughs> learn how the game is played so you can play by the same rules.
1: Yes. And the rules are not just for the wealthy, right? It's just the problem that is is that when there's not a lot of individuals will educate the people that don't have that much money right and so but i always say when you look for a professional to help you whether it's a financial advisor an attorney your tax person we're always so caught up on how much is it going to cost instead of what are they going to do for you right i always tell people when they call how much how much does it cost to do a tax return i was like you should be asking me how much money can i save you because when I do a comparison, and this is, this goes back to your question, what satisfies me in my profession is when a client comes in here and says, well, my preparer charged me $500 last year, and you're charging me $2,000. How can that be? And I'm like, your preparer last year cost you $20,500 because you overpaid taxes by $20,000. That's how much your preparer cost you without you even realizing it. Now with me, you're going to get to keep you know, $18,000 in your pocket and you're going to give me two grand. How is this a losing situation for you, right? But they don't understand that. They compare that I charged them two grand versus $500. And I'm like, there's no comparison. It's what did I do for you to save you that 20000 And not just this year. We're going to continue to save that over year and year to come. So please understand that it's not how much it costs, is what is it that they're going to do for you? How much are they going to save you?
0: Sure, and that's the wealth mindset, uh, is to find value, to find value in the products and services that you purchase. Because uh, one quote that comes to mind is, is quality is always the cheapest. (laughs) Isn't that true? It is. You you buy a luxury car because it's uh, quality made? Uh, mm-hmm. You buy luxury clothes that last you year for years as opposed to uh, wash them a couple of times in their throwaways.
1: Sometimes just once it once and are yeah. like, oh, this is
0: ruined. You know? exactly. exactly. So again, it's all relative. So looking forward, what trends and developments do you foresee shaping the future of the Latino purchasing power?
1: You know, I think I'm afraid of the Latino period. I think that if we as a whole, as just can just have that opportunity i mean we have the opportunity right it's out there it's just if we can focus it a little bit we would be such a powerhouse such a strong movement because we have some crazy strong work ethic you know what i mean um we're hustlers and Every time I drive up and down the street and I see, you know, whether it's a taco stand or people selling flowers or it doesn't matter. It's like, dude, the grind, right? They are out there working. And when you look at the younger generation, my kids, for example, these kids don't want to lift anything because it's too much work, you know? And I'm like, you know, if, if it was just a little bit different, and the work ethic individuals just, you know, can be introduced to this opportunity, they would be unstoppable.
0: Just here in Houston, our purchasing power of Latinos is 54 billion a year. Okay. And nationally, we have a GDP. If Latinos were a nation, we would have a greater GDP than Canada. <laughs> so wrap your mind around that. If we were educated, to use finances the way that uh, first world countries uh, use uh, finances and financial instruments, we would be we would be unstoppable, as you said, because because again we would have political power, because then we would have educational opportunities. We would change the mindset of Latinos, as opposed to this pobrecito me.
1: Yeah. No, or this belief that you have to put your money in your mattress, yeah. right? And it's like trying to explain, uh, you know, or trying to change that mindset is challenging. I'll tell you that right now. That is one of the hardest things. But, you know, in the advantage I have is that I don't have to convince you of anything. The numbers tell a story. And if you read your financials, if you read the profit and loss statements, if you read your statements... They're telling you a story and you will all, I don't need to convince you. You will see it yourself. And that's usually what I, that's the tool that I use when I tell if you don't want to believe me, don't believe me, but look at this, right? And usually that's when the shift starts to, starts to happen.
0: That's when the scales come up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, what are your personal and professional goals for the upcoming year or years ahead? How do you plan on achieving those?
1: You know, um, I'm a big goal-oriented individual. Like I said, um, I love working with my business coach and um, sitting down and really looking at what we have achieved. So now's the time of reflection, right? We will go back and look at what have we done for the year? What goals did we accomplish? What goals do we need to tweak and roll over into the new year? Um, As a business, you know, we want to continue to... Be of service to those individuals that really value our type of service, that really want change. I'm not here to convince anybody that they need a change. They are already looking and they're hungry for somebody who's different. And I say, this is how we're different. Um, So my goal and mission for this upcoming year is just to spread that message. It's to spread the message that there's something different that can be done versus the same way we've been doing taxes for ever- which is just tax season, and then set it, and then that's it. Get them done, and then forget them, and not have to think about them again. The system's made to, you know, trick us in that sense. If we were more proactive with our tax planning, we can make a difference on those tax returns. That is totally legal, and it would be to our benefit and not to Uncle Sam's benefit.
0: So you can pay as much as uh, Warren Buffett.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's totally doable.
0: Yeah. So, hey,
1: uh, do you work with companies outside of California? I do. I'm federally licensed, so I have clients in Florida, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina. Yeah, we have clients all across.
0: We're gonna have all your information in the show notes, so people can reach out to you, and find out what you can do uh, to help them. You have a very, in going to your website, you have a very simple process that people can. And register on there uh, to get started. And so uh, I can see that whether it was you or whether it was uh, a coach that set you up, you're prepared uh, uh, to live in a digital world and yeah. to capitalize on the fact that we become a highly digitized society.
1: Yes, we are. We don't want to be left behind. <laughs>
0: nope. Any final words, uh, Suhei, uh for our listeners?
1: You know, I just want to encourage everybody out there, you know, to follow us on our social media and follow others that have, you know, a similar message so that you can start to implement that change. It all starts with just a little tweak. And then before you know it, you know, a big difference comes about. So,
0: yeah, if you think about it, if you just change 1% every month, just one small gradual change, like you said, keep it simple, one degree of change. In a year's time, you're going to be exponentially at a totally different place because of that small change.
1: Very true.
0: As opposed to these big monumental changes that you end up making a lot of progress, then you revert back to where you were or worse. Get
1: overwhelmed, yeah, or worse.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, today. Well, we want to thank you for uh, joining us uh, today, and we're going to follow your trajectory, and of course. We got to have you back because you are one of those evergreen kinds of entrepreneurs that always has something new and interesting, something that is innovative, something that is that is really on the cutting edge. uh, Because, again, you have done due diligence and uh, fiduciary responsibility Mm -hmm. in really, really educating the consumer.
1: Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Victor. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And uh, that's going to do it, my friends. Until next time, go out and thrive.